is going on, everyone? Ruckman here with an episode of Crew 3 Podcast. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey. How's it going? And Chris, I just want to say thanks for coming over and, like, show me that cool fruit demonstration. Um, you know, I'll have my bank information for you later on, and uh, we'll officially rename the show Wish Claw 3. Is that... <laughs> Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds sounds great. Those are uh, all, right, cool. uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And if you have any more cool fruit smashing tricks, feel free to come over anytime. All right. The um, at some point I'll think of something. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, guys. So obviously last week was the big band switch up, and we've got Almond Ket remastered coming out. So we've got a lot to talk about this week with some excitingness going on. Uh, but real quick, you know, did you guys play Magic? I know Chris, you were busy this weekend showing me how to do cool things with fruit. Um, Ricky, did you, did you play a lot of magic this weekend? Yeah. I played some magic. Yeah. I played some commander with the people in the discord. Oh yeah. yeah that's right. I saw that. I got stopped on. Well, you thought you were playing commander, but it was arch enemy. Right. It was, it was a lot of fun. I was so happy to just play commander. Um, yeah. I accidentally built another deck because of it, uh, which is a problem that I have to deal with in my own personal life. Uh, but I, I plan to do that more often. Uh, probably uh, keep your, keep an eye out soon. Uh, I'll be there for Pioneer Pickup Games. Um, yeah, the webcam setup is real easy now. And so I'm way more down to play more in the Discord. Yeah, that's the thing. Once, once you get that setup going, it's just uh, you know, you're ready to roll, right? Like ready to play mm-hmm. games. So Oh, yeah. There's just yeah. a stack of D&D books right next to my desk. And when it's time, we put all the D&D books on the table and the webcam on top of that. And then we go. We yeah, I'll, have to, I'll have to go see if I can find a precon or something to just to join and have some fun with the Discord. Because I'm, I'm commanderless at the moment. And like I, I hit up like two targets on the way home and they, they had like nothing in the way of magic besides the world's smallest magic decks. And I didn't think that was going to fly. Uh, buy a box of double masters. <laughs> Don't do it. It's well, I just, I just bought that big NES, which is about the price. I bought that Lego NES, which is like... Kind of close to the price of Devil Masters, but not really. It's like $100 less than Devil Masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I had fun just talking and hanging out with you guys, playing Commander, building some Lego. Um, and then, oh my god, guys, like, we'll get into it. But Pioneer right now, I played a lot of Pioneer on stream. I played a lot of Pioneer off stream. Uh, I played some Historic. I, I'm i loving Magic again right now. Everything is just, like, it just feels right with the world. In Magic, not the world, but in the no, world of Magic. The world of Magic feels right. Uh, it just feels great. So, you know, uh, if we got nothing else to go into before we get started, let's uh, let's talk about some Almond Cat Remastered and go into the big Pioneer shakeups, all right? Let's do I'm it. Down to talk about Almond Cat Remastered. Yeah, so so obviously on Thursday, which will be the day before this podcast comes up, so by the time this podcast goes live and you guys are listening to it, you guys can go draft Almond Cat on Arena, which um, have it's is it the same price as a regular premier draft, I'm assuming? Have they said any other any otherwise? God, I hope so. I mean, like they're doing—they're doing Dominari right now at the same cost as regular Premier Draft, so I would assume. I haven't read anything to the to the contrary. I uh, I actually uh, combining last uh, segment into this segment, I played a lot of Historic and M twenty one drafts uh, last week with the help of Ruckman. We got a bunch of seven win drafts in a row, which was nice. And so, what did get to play? I, wish I, last could, week. I wish I could get those on camera. Yeah, I hear you. Not this weekend. Uh, but last week we did a lot, played a lot of historic, learned very quickly that format is very dumb. Um, we had a huge win streak with mono blue because that was a lot of fun. And then just hit the, the nonstop meta only decks where it gets a little less fun. But, uh, then I stopped it cause I was like, wait a minute, I'm out in a couple days. Like I need to be saving up these gems and hitting these Amonkhet drafts hard. Cause this is a game changer changing the whole game, you know? I'll tell you, if you guys are still looking for something for Historic, uh, I don't know what's going to happen when um, with Amonkhet coming out and adding some some spicy cards. But right now, uh, everyone seems to forget about Questing Beast and Embercleave. And I'm on like an 85% win rate with Gruul right now. Just Embercleaves and Questing Beast. That's all you need right now. You heard it here first. Get your cleave on. Questing Beast, that's like the four drop that says... Uh... We the people, in order to form a more perfect, more perfect union, union, establish justice, yeah. ensure domestic tranquility, yeah, provide for the right, common defense. Right, right. Uh, I figured that was the text on that card. I'm not yeah. really sure. I think also it prevents uh, combat damage from being prevented. I tried to read the card number for that, like the the number out of the set, and it just went three point one four one five nine two six five. Just it went on and on and on and on. Yeah. Uh, outside oh, yeah. of the card, and I just was like, whoa. 
Yeah, no, Historic's great, and it's gonna. I, I don't know if it's great. It's it's fun it's and interesting, great. right? And until you hit like the lineups of just your opponent hitting Muxus right. every turn in a row, then it's kind of annoying. But when you just jam in Questy Beasts and Ember Cleaves, you know, it feels good. It feels real time. good. But anyway, Omnicat, right? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be what three hundred and forty cards. So many cards. Um, a bit of a shakeup because there aren't some people very happy the fact they're including non Omnicat cards right. in this. But like. Most of them that we've seen are... There's like 15 of them, right? Like, there's like it? 15, and most of them are invocations. Right. Or, so, they were invocations before. Well, they, they were the invocations, right? Like, rest in peace and collected company. So we're all still going off of the, the air quotes leaked list, right? Like, today we saw some green and white cards, which again, let's be clear, everyone... Those websites weren't all the green and white cards. I know there was a little bit of freak out over no Regal Caracal, no Adorned Pouncer, right? But I don't think those are all the green and white cards. It's a 340-card set, and there were, like, 20 cards on each of those posts. Yeah. I actually, like, I'm looking it over, right? Mm-hmm. There's about 46 cards from white and 46 cards from green. This sure. It does look like probably, like, if we're looking at like 46 cards per color, roughly 50 cards per color, right? Sure. Like this looks like we're going to hit the whole set. Um, not to like dismay any cat holder holder outs out there. I here's my thing, right? I think it's just weird cuz they're like trying to push cat tribal a little more with core 21. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't I'm not like chomping in the bit for Adorn Pouncer, but I feel like Regal Caracal would be a solid include, especially as like a control finisher, like it's served in standard could be a thing for historic as well. Um, so that was a little weird, but I hear people like talking about that it might be one of like a bundle card, like the equivalent of like a buy a box promo, essentially. Right. Mm. So, but again, like we could see these cards come out. They, they have anthologies for a reason. Right. Um, I just think everyone being like getting mad about rest in peace and collective company, these cards being the set. I'm just, you know, that just means more cards for Pioneer that they don't have to jam into Pioneer Masters. And at the end of the day, like, if your little heart is so bent out of shape over like five cards, 12 cards not being in the set right, but your favorite random rare it isn't in the set, like I think you have better, bigger problems to worry about. Right. This is just an overall such a win for the Pioneer format magic in general. Um, don't get me wrong. There are certain things that I feel like would be a crime if they didn't include. So I understand like, hey, if your line is some of the cats, then sure, I, I, I get it. You know, if you're a big fan of cats... If you're the guy trying to build horse tribal and are mad that there's no questing sun ma- crested sun mare, right? Then no, I then I totally I totally get that. But at the same time, again, like it's just such a huge win for us that like it's it's going to be hard for me to complain. You know? Yeah, I'm I'm very much uh, a little worried about the limited format. I, I like most of what I've seen so far, so I'm worried because uh, this is going to be our and Amonkhet together. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you guys weren't playing back then, uh, the Almanket, the Almanket, Almanket draft was way different from the Hour, Hour, Almanket draft. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I loved the Triple Almanket, and I thought uh, Hour, Hour, Almanket was, like, pretty good. Mm-hmm. I feel like the correct mix should have been Hour, Almanket, Almanket. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they... They keep changing how they want to do drafting on blocks. That, that was like, like that. one of the years. That was like one of the first times they they changed that, right? Because it used to be Amonkhet Amonkhet Hour, but then they changed it to be Hour Hour Amonkhet. But it looks like from the cards we've seen here, because Amonkhet draft was a lot about um, a lot about very straightforward combat tricks, a lot of like uh, knowing when to exert, when not to exert, lots of decisions to be made, mm-hmm. and like. The almond, the hour draft was much more synergy based. Like you wanted to get a bunch of synergies or play the like five color ramp deck. Sure. And looking at the green cards, I see all of the offenders of the of the ramp deck that maybe really just not like hour as much. Ooh, who's ready for uh, uh, hour of promise plus field of the dead? <sighs> Please sign me up. No, don't sign me up. Field of the dead's <laughs> annoying. Um, Hornet Queen's a really interesting reprint. I don't know. I just think like there's like you have Hope Tender and uh Naga Vitalist and Osaya Ritualist and Oshra Cultivator. Like that's just four ramp creatures at common in green. Mm-hmm. Which sort of has me like a little like hmm. Mm. But yeah, I uh, quarry a part two here maybe. 
I'm still going to be excited because like the all the white cards they showed off were like all like sweet combat tricks and like exert cards from your gust uh, walkers. Yeah. Um, and then the double strike guy, the cycling and bomb guy, mm-hmm. um, like all these cool cards uh, that were a lot of fun to play. And that new Wog, the new Wrath of God art, that new Rest in Peace art are so gorgeous. I just want prints of them on my wall right now. I just thought it was really interesting for them to put uh, Fibblethip in the new Dusk to Dawn art. <laughs> but no, this set looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Like Impeccable Timing was such a good card to play. Like, I don't know, Omicat Limited was so much fun and I love the constructed format. I would be Omicat. very curious to see if the team that worked on this had any amount of crossover with the team that did Tempest Remastered a few years ago on MTGO. Yeah. Because that was actually a really solid draft for that combined three sets. Mm-hmm. So I'd be curious if there's any team crossover there, if that's entirely different. At I least for like des- designing the cards, right? Yeah, I, I might do that because I, I thought I found out Matthew Remastered- Mercer wasn't the character that I thought he was in the game that we play on our phones. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, sometimes you just ask on Twitter and you shall receive. So, like, cause that's, yeah, that's certainly be, a good question. Yeah, right? I mean, like, I didn't play a lot of Tempest Remastered, but I like kind of remember thoughts being like pretty solid on it and receptive. So, if the team that worked on that's working on this, then I think it'll be fine and I think it'll be enjoyable. Like, like I said, I just it's going to be something different, right? Um, I did a couple Dominaria drafts, but I've just been playing a lot of Core Twenty One drafts. Uh, but I'm pretty excited for Amonkhet. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Hot take. Okay. Dominaria Draft is trash. I hated it. I hated Dominaria Limited. And not because I just like 0-3'd out of every limited GP I played in <laughs> right. Dominaria. Definitely not because of that. The mm-hmm. format is garbage. There's like Definitely. no removal. And you just play all the stupid greedy stuff. And you just play the greediest deck and win. Because you can't be punished. Because like Eviscerate costs 4. And it's the only removal spell in the entire set. Yeah. Didn't you also hate Rise of Eldrazi Draft? No, I hated Chris playing Rise of Eldrazi Draft. <laughs> I did feel like Rise of Eldrazi Draft was, like, too gimmicky. Right. I know, like, I'm wrong. Everybody else is right. Everybody says it's, like, one of the best draft formats ever. It just, like, just you can only lose to Night Haze so many times before you just, like, want to stop. How many times did I put a Splinter Twin on a Conquering Manicore? Way too many times. Twice, right? I believe it's twice in draft. <laughs> that's that's twice too many. I think I had like a 20-something match win streak in Rise of the Eldrazi Limited, which is why I think it's obviously the best format of all time, because I did so incredibly well. <laughs> there was that stupid white common that just said, eight, tap your opponent's board. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. Just like, the, inv- well, the, inv- was, the Invokers, right? Yeah, this was, was a fun game, invoker. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, blue the- one gave your team flying, and the green one gave your team plus two, plus two, but that white one just tapped your opponent's team. Yep. Whenever you wanted to. Doesn't the green invoker just give a guy like plus eight plus eight? Who cares? It gets tapped by the white one. Because it's a jump start. <laughs> which, which, real real quick though, like, j- can we just leave jump start on arena? I don't what see why it, what it hurts. I mean, it only, it only sinks arena economy, right? Like, it's a great economy sink. Yeah, like, I, it's... It's a great way for me to just be like, I have 2,000 gold I could use instead of saving for a draft. Here we go. Mm-hmm. But like, I assume the server room of MTG Arena like is maybe like three blade servers and then like a <laughs> box of Bram crackers or something. I don't know. You like, are wrong. Let's, let's get away from this Boomer Wishclaw three reminiscing time and get back right, to what right. matters. All right, real re, one last. My, so my one last thought before we leave Amonkhet Remastered is just I'm getting so annoyed by all the people on on the Twitters and stuff being just like. Well, you know, Amonkhet, you know, we don't have Pioneer yet, but like when Pioneer does show up, why even play Pioneer versus Historic? They'll have almost the same cards. So like, why would you even play Pioneer? And my answer to that is just, hey, you have an MTGO, you have an MTGO account, you know, there's Legacy and Modern. Why don't you just play Legacy instead of Modern? Like Mm -hmm. they're, they're different band lists and... You know, a lo- most of the 500 cards from Jumpstart don't matter, but like Muxus matters, and then the differences right. in ban lists matter. And right. I think they're just like entirely different formats. And like I'm going to say, I think, you know, Historic is going to continue to be that legacy event 
that legacy format. And who knows how many more anthologies we'll get the rest of the year, how many anthologies we'll get next year. Historic is going to be growing and changing way more than Pioneer is going to be. And their directions are going to quickly, I feel like, start diverging more and more. Yeah, and like Pioneer, not to be rude, but like Pioneer is a real format. It's like Historic's fun. <laughs> no no disrespect to anybody who plays it. Like people people might like Pioneer and Historic. They might like both of them, right? But what matters to like us in particular is that Pioneer is a format that at hopefully someday, right, we will be able to go out and play again. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. live and getting to practice on arena is such a huge deal for the format that we find the most fun. So like if somebody loves historic, great. But if the argument is why, why must we pioneer? Because that's an officially sanctioned format, right? Like, the, like they're sanctioning more historic events now, but I feel like once pioneer comes along, they're not going to. And I feel like they're just doing historic because they don't have pioneer yet. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't do, want to go try and track down paper muxus or like try and remember what cards were in what anthology set when I don't have the deck builder, just automatically telling me what, what I could put, what I can and cannot play. Sure. Sure. So like the real question is, do you feel like, uh, Omnicat remastered is going to keep you busy enough until we get pioneer remastered? I think so. I mean, you know, and this can kind of start bridging us into Pioneer talk. But I, like I said, I we streamed about four hours of Pioneer on Sunday, um, and I had a hell of a lot of fun. I had like we played three different decks. I had five lined up, and then I played some more off stream, uh, just in my own little free time here and there. Uh, but one of the decks that I played was, as Ricky said when he joined the stream, "Oh, there's a rotting Regisar." and a great engine play that's a ruckman deck for sure and you know what if we have we have collective company and we're probably gonna get thoughts season that leaks right it's been right so far i can just pick that deck up and play it all on historic except for like the fatal pushes in the sideboard right now which and means i will have huh and lose to muxus that's fine you know what <laughs> i'll lose the muxus matchup but every other matchup i'm gonna be cocoing into rotting regisars into Garrick's Harbingers and is having a lot of fun, right? And then when Pioneer does come to Arena, I'll have that deck all ready to go. I think that, like, uh, I don't know why anybody would be upset at more cards. Yeah, it's just because, it's, Ricky, they weren't in the original set. It's more they cards. They weren't in the original set, though. They're ruining but, my, my nostalgia. But double masters, two rares, two foils, two times the price. What don't you understand? <laughs> All right. Are you, are we ready to get to Pioneer? Let's take also, a look. Also, one, one last thing. Uh, is Approach different art? No, but there's a rumor. So they did some, like, data mining. I think Approach might get new art because someone did some data mining uh, because a certain special he who must not be named for certain reasons did the art of Approach the Second Son. Well, this is the art. It's It's a new person. Oh, is there actual new art? Yeah, right here. Kev Walker. But it looks oh, you so know, that is similar. New okay, okay, that, that art is new art. Okay, so the thing is, the, when the episode, when the article went up that first had the white cards, it was still the original art showing off. Okay. So, okay, they like, must have officially spoiled this because the, the article I remember, like when the article, so the Shrek article that had the green cards didn't have card images in their main article, uh, but the other one did for the white cards, but most of them were still... Uh, our Amonkhet uh, symbol, set symbols. So this is the new art. So yeah, this is definitely the new art. Um, and I think there's a couple other cards like Coco, Rest in Peace have new art. Um, that Wrath of God art I think is new. I don't think that's the invocation art. Um, I hope we get the Thoughts as invocation art though, because that art's sweet. But I think there's like a 10 cards or so that are new art because for reasons. I'm, I'm in. Um, Alright, anything else besides that? Nah, let's move on. Alright, so... Pioneer metagame in our first ban week. Um, well, I think it's pretty interesting. So far, um, we'll, we'll start at the bottom. We'll, we'll do our, our top nine when you just first load the page on Goldfish. And we'll set it to seven days because that's all that matters here. Um, coming in at number 12, we have Orzov Auras, a deck that I totally forgot to mention last week. But I think it's a deck that, no surprise, that deck's coming back, right? Uh, we have... Is it Phoenix? Playing Phoenix still. Uh, we have Luris Burn. We have a new deck in Civic Reclamation. We'll, and we'll, we'll talk about all these decks here in a minute. Um, but Civic Reclamation, we have regular Lotus Combo doing what I said, where it's just going to go back to playing 
just the twiddle like it was before, right? And I don't think anything's going to really change there. Um, then we have Azorius Control. We have Naya Winota. Uh, in fifth, we have Mono Black Aggro. Number four, we have Sultai Delirium. Uh, at third, we have Mono Green Planeswalkers, which is that Karn deck, right? That's I would just call Mono Green Devotion now. I don't think there's any real real difference anymore. Um, and then we have, in second, we have Azorius Spirits at 10% of the meta. And then at number one, um, I think the deck to currently beat, but I don't think, I and just sort of percentage, I don't think it's like the number one deck, is Niv to Light, which is our five-color Niv-Mizzet deck. So what I like here is, right, so we've got a mix of some new decks that we hadn't seen before. We have some decks coming back into the format, uh, you know. On these nine sort of decks, does anything really surprise you before we get into the league or the two challenges that happened over the weekend? Four Deathrite Shamans in Niv to Light. I, as far as metagame summaries, and I guess I guess we're going to break down some of this stuff pretty quickly. So I, I guess I'll I'll start this transition if nobody has any more comments. But looking at the challenge, which one? Um, the one that LSV top aided. Okay, sure. The one from the ninth. The one from the ninth. Yep. Uh, that I like the metagame breakdown because that um, has a lot of diversity there. Like there's several so, so decks at 15. What is what is what is that top eight? Uh, the top eight here first is Doomwake, which I don't know who that is in real life, but that's a name that I see all the time. Um, top eighting challenges and stuff with mono green walkers. Then, well, can we uh, can we can we start at eight and go up because Doomwake won? That's what I'm saying. Okay, sure. I'm just breaking down your top eight. If you want to go eight and up, we certainly yeah, can. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather go eight and up. I'd rather yeah. go eight and up. Sure, we can. We could definitely go eight and up. But I don't, I don't know how they played out as far as like how they how they went. But eighth place was LSV with Azorius Control. It's a deck that he loves and he's is been probably, talking about it a lot on he's been talking about it a lot. And, and yeah, notably, he so he's happy. the only one in the top like twenty mm-hmm. that I've seen. So he's obviously played a lot with that deck, and uh, you know loves it and wants to play. But I think that tells me, right? Like if you have a well thought out deck, you know, you don't just have to play whatever's here because somebody posted on Reddit, this Orzhov Oras guy who just was outside with 11th. Mm-hmm. I think if that guy plays his deck more, he'll get higher. Cause a lot of people are jumping on because the format's so new, the decks that existed before and work them a little bit. Mm-hmm. So eighth, uh, Azorius control LSV seventh is mono black aggro fifth and sixth, both Azorius spirits, a deck we'll probably do a deep dive on here soon. If not this episode next, because of how much Ruckman and I love it. Uh, fourth place, Sultai delirium. Third place is cynic spirits, which is basically like a mono blue spirits deck. And it splashes green for blossoming defense. Is that fair to say Ruckman? Yeah. I mean, like I, in, in my personally, I would play Azorius spirits because mm-hmm. I think this deck is still a little different. Um, to me, this is just, Mono blue, but it has a spirits theme, right? Because it has Neville Gastrol, it has Mausoleum Wander, right. it has like Rattle Chains and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but it's really just trying to leverage that Curious Obsession in Sixth Sense yeah. to get extra draws off, and then it has Blossom Defense just to to safeguard their guys. Um, the deck's still sweet. Like I like the deck a lot. Um, I don't think it was when I first saw it. I don't think it was playing Brazen Borrowers. It was uh, when we yeah, when not. we tried to play it. When I tried to play the deck like two weekends ago, the deck was like. 50 ticks if even that i think it was like more close to like 20 or 30 sure um i think this deck's fine i think i would rather sleeve up azori spirits we can talk about azori spirits more here in a couple minutes right after we just go through the sort of meta breakdown um but again i like seeing another take on the spirits i like that there are two different ways of playing the deck yeah this is a deck that i want to play with a little more because i think that what i think we're missing a little bit of extra interaction um, I think that some of the defensive options aren't as important because of how many spirits you have versus like disrupting your opponent's plan, especially right now. Um, I, like right now, like looking at this top eight, and how many decks are playing blue? I think Mystical Disputes a fine main deck at least for these first couple weeks. Mm. Um, but that's the the big deal is those six to seven curiosity effects that you have. I think are crazy because again, that's what in historic mono blue is playing. Second place Niv to Light. First place, obviously again Mono Green Planeswalkers played by Doomwake. Um, so in this, just the metagame summary here is 15% mono green walkers, 15% Niv's Delight, 15% spirits, 13% approximately mono black aggro. So boom, we've got decks that are, you know, pretty reasonable percentages. A lot of other decks who were small percentages are represented somewhere in the top, you know, eight to 12. So, uh, I mean, looks to me like we're looking at a pretty decent format now, boys. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, right? Like, so I think Niv's Delight 
it's a little annoying, right? Because I think the deck is already annoying because it, it like ran on Teferi. We talked about very early on how the deck just lived and died by Teferi, right? right. And now it now it gets Uro, which makes it even more annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been I haven't gotten to mess around with the deck a lot. I haven't run into the deck a lot myself personally. Uh, but from just sort of reading online and people discussing it, it feels like it definitely. I think Mono Green and Spirits are good matchups to play against it, right? Like, I went back and looked at the old metagame. And I don't know how much Uro changes it, but I do remember playing Spirits and having, like, a, a high 50-60% win rate against Nivdalite. Right. It was back in that format before we had Theros. I would say it was really rock-paper-scissors format between Nivdalite, Spirits, and Chonky Red. And then you had, like, sort of every other deck on the outliers, like your Mono Blacks, something that could kind of slot in. But I would say, like, the big three, and then, like, your Mono Green and stuff like that. But I would say the big three decks of the format were uh, Spirits taking out Niv to Light, Niv to Light taking out Chonky Red, and Chonky Red taking out Spirits. That real Rock, Paper, Scissors format. But it was still open-ended, right? And and something I didn't mention earlier, but part of why I jammed so much, so much Pioneer this weekend, besides it being new and exciting, um... It just people I don't think it, thought of the impact of just how many cards, even if they're still not the best in the format, right? Being able to just like play the Great Henge is I was just so it felt so good again. Could just turn three Rotting Regisar, turn four, tap out, play my Great Henge, and I didn't have to worry about dying next turn because I tapped out on turn four. <laughs> right. Right, yeah, you weren't just uh, immediately dead. And I think like we're seeing a very serious underrepresentation of Lotus Field. I think that that deck still has legs. But again, mm-hmm. like I think the reason, at least my current estimation, is the reason we're seeing so much Niv to Light at the top is because it contained the most powerful cards in the format, which in my opinion are Teferi and Uro. And so yeah. it, was, it was not that hard to pilot. Yeah, it's got a lot of big stuff going on. But if you were going to play, that was kind of what you were going to play. You know, so mm-hmm. I think as we see people pilot their pet decks and get really good with them, I think you'll start to see some of these more competitive events really be based on how much experience you have with your deck and the format versus just look, my deck contains Teferi in a row, so I win. Sure. Lotus Field was sweaty before Underworld Breach. Mm-hmm. I don't think that deck's coming back. Like like I, I like there was somebody who played it at our locals and stuff like that, and I've watched people play it and it's just like You've got to get to like turn five before you can try to start to go off. And if your hand has been touched like once, then you have to wait for turn six. It's just like, like it doesn't have like the resilience. And like, it also like gets hosed by like dampening sphere. Uh, I mean, uh, not dampening sphere, but the, uh, yeah, yeah dampening sphere, yeah. which was also hosing other decks at the time too. Right. I guess dampening sphere does less now. Yeah. But I just, I feel like, Without Underworld Breach, that deck is way less silly. And like, if you lost to it, you lost to it probably on like turn five or turn six. Um, sure. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like the kind of deck that I would expect a resurgence of. I no, think it's up. a deck that's going to stay around, right? Like we're we're seeing it still five zero in leads. It got fifteenth in that challenge. Uh, the the challenge from the eighth. Mm-hmm. It had a couple three twos in the, one of the preliminaries this weekend. I think it's a deck that's going to stay around, and I don't think it's going to be that surprising to see it in like the top thirty twos of events, maybe even like the top sixteen with a good pilot. Right? Uh, I think it's going to be a deck that like once in a blue moon is going to top eight an event, but I think it's going to be really odd stacked against it to first place the event. But I think it's going to be a deck that still rewards people who put in the reps with it. Right. Yeah. And I'd like to see whether or not they're going to adopt. You know, they just, Watsy's got a uh, a pretty soft spot for green cards, so who knows what kind of ramp or nonsense they play. I'm a, I'm surprised, and I know it might be a different version of the deck, but I'm surprised we're not going to adopt Asusa if we haven't already, just to, like, make our land drops and, and get yeah. ourselves going, you know? Yeah, that is a little surprising. But right. I, have, I haven't touched the deck at all, nor am I part of, like, the Lotus Breach Discord server and stuff like that, which, which again... Um, for those of you, like, our, I love our Discord and stuff like that, but obviously, you know, it's a good hive mind and stuff like that to bounce deck ideas off of, but not everyone plays everything here. And I, I try to at least be familiar with a lot of the decks of the format. I feel like that's one of the things I at least am best at with this show is, like, understanding at least most of the format in in a big stru- way, shape, or form. Um, but on the subreddit for Pioneer, it's really easy if you want to find a community that is just dead set focused on that one deck mm-hmm. you easy to find i don't know if it's still the same way but caleb sure 
is uh, is a streamer that I am part of his Discord um, from subscribe, subscribing on Twitch from uh, a while ago. And mm-hmm. um, I've turned off a lot of notifications because we have our, our own thing uh, now, that obviously, that we're doing. But when I was heavy into Modern Storm and just Storm in general, um, I gave his a follow. And they were his Discord was one of the first people to make this deck, actually. It was one of his... Um, viewers, subscribers, whatever you want to call it, one of his Discord guys that made the Lotus combo deck, or at least made the first uh, one that was successful in leagues before mm-hmm. a guy really 5 0 with it, and the guy what's, was like, oh my god, this guy's version is what's so his What's Mine. his MTGO? What's started. his MTGO name? What's that? It, what's his MTGO name? I would have to go back and look. You're talking about say, months ago. I was I was saying, like, is he CWS? I That's, oh, say Caleb Schur is CWS, yes. Okay, so he's the guy that 15th placed the challenge with Lotus Field. Okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I haven't seen, uh, I haven't gotten to that challenge yet. At least I haven't pulled it up. But yeah, he's he is CWS on uh, on Moto. All right. So, that makes so then let's, let's, let's do a quick look at the challenge from the 8th, which is the, the one on Saturday. Uh, 8th place, Modern Green Planeswalkers. 7th place, Niv Delight. 6th place, Azorius Spirits. 5th place, Burn. 4th place, Sultai Delirium. 3rd, Bant Control. 2nd, Azorius Spirits. 1st, Niv to Light. And then again, like Caleb Shear in like Lotus combo. There's a bunch of Niv Delight in this lead in this challenge. I think there's a lot. There's a lot more in this challenge compared to the one that was on Sunday. Because uh, we're looking at Niv Delight being 25% of the meta here. Then you have Azorius Spirits at 15, Soul Titleer at nine, Mono Green Planeswalkers at nine, Naya Winota at six, and then it's kind of just like whatever after that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means so this this had eight. Niv to lights in the in the thing, but they all really got blocked out at like tenth, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth. I right. feel like they probably all ran into each other at some point. Oh, I can only imagine. And and sort of locked each other out there. Um, but here, this one isn't. I wouldn't is like isn't as diverse of a top eight. Uh, but I think you know it's pretty clear what the format is going to be. The key players, which makes sense if we go back and look at that real that overall metagame breakdown, your, your, your Niv Delight, your Spirits, your Modern Green Planeswalkers. So at the very least, have those matchups in mind if you're going to go play this weekend. Right. Definitely Niv Delight, be ready for it. Yeah, especially if you're going to play uh, online. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, that, that was a huge thing. That was, Niv Delight was 25% here. But again, I feel like that was before people started packing some uh, some counter spells to handle the Niv Delights. And it started yeah. to balance out once like, a, a spirits or whatever the predatory matchup is, or most predatory matchup is sort of becoming a little more prevalent to, to keep that deck in check. Yeah. And then this, this band deck just feels like a natural offshoot of blue white control where we're just playing for our own four row spiral. Oh, and that's canister. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I, I really like to see, um, I have not taken a look at this list yet because I didn't recognize uh, his name at first, but that's a huge one. Yeah, and you can see look, um, a it's, lot of it's, all, it's also your it's also your index, so that makes sense for the extra cards, right? LSV mm-hmm. was just straight blue eye control. Canisters deck here with Bant is a Yorian deck. Yep, um, but I think it's interesting. There's a lot of pros playing back in the format. Yeah, I think it's a good sign. I mean, like I said, even if you were just uh, readily available and just you're playing them for fun cues, right? Like there still wasn't a whole lot of inverter or Lotus Breach around, um, but. Now you don't even have to run into it, right? Which I think is big. Um, you're not afraid to tap out on turn four now to just die a turn later. Yeah, I, I like this Yorian version because basically you're just splashing green for Gross Spiral and Uro. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rest of it's just blue-white. You just needed the extra green to get some ramp and get some other stuff. And then you get to play your, your uh, you know, Funzies Bounce mm-hmm. stuff. Your Elspeth Conquers Deaths, your Omens of the Seas. Yeah. Not a whole lot else you're bouncing. You could reset some planeswalkers, but there's some uh, there's some war there's some uh, Jeskai fires going around too. Yeah, oh. I was expecting a little more from that deck, so maybe maybe that's a deck to think of going so, forward. That was it's interesting. I, they're on the main deck, of course, Agent of Treachery, right? Okay, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are sideboarding still the Void Winnowers. I've seen some with like the Resolute Archangel, which is a pretty sweet hit off of Luca. I feel like once they like. Once we figure out where this format is, because of course, like Void Winner was great last last format, but like mm-hmm. now, like what you're gonna you're gonna stop? It doesn't stop Niv to Light, you know. Mm-hmm. So like the important cards are now back to Odd. So once you get Void Winner out there, put a new bullet to get onto uh, get onto that Niv Mizzet deck. 
And I think you can really see like a Transmogrify, Fires, Luca Fires deck really pick up again. Uh, Oath of Chandra is a great pickup for the deck in Pioneer, as well as Chain to the Rocks, getting to like mm-hmm. re-blink those if you want, the, if you need to. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, like, especially Oath of Chandra, just like, bam, three more damage. Um, I'm excited about that deck. I mean, not that I'm excited about a Fires deck, but like, deck, it looks sweet. Uh, making big guys off of Luca or Transmogrify is always fun. Yeah, I don't know how much you guys have had a chance to dig through the league yet, but there's two decks I really want to point out here real quick. And if yeah. there's any ones you guys want to talk about, feel free. I'm sure, Chris, you want to talk about the Reclamation deck. Uh, the two decks I want to point out here are by is a deck by uh, – we'll stay at the top and go down. Uh, so by Alex Firo, it's a 5-0 deck list that's black-red. Uh, the boy went and done did it. We have our Boros Reckoner Star of Extinction deck, 5 yeah. owing a league. Yeah. Uh, also playing just like Minotaur Tribal. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I don't think there's much to talk about in this deck. I just I just love that, you know, this is a deck that we've been joking about in the Discord for a while. Um, but so I, I, th- I was pretty excited to see this. I think this deck's really awesome that someone finally oh. finally went and did it. I forget Vessel of Nescency. Vessel of Nescency is a card. A Vessel um, of v- Voltality or Volatility? Voltality, whatever. The, the, the red the one red that gets one. you mana. Yeah. It's. I think it gets you the same mana that you put in, right? Does it? It only yeah, adds it's, four. Yeah, it's it's overtime, right? So but it's two to, to play, split. two to right. pop, and then you get four. Yeah, that's that's something. I mean, like, so there's um, yeah, we're like one solid card off from having like a real storm deck in Pioneer, and I know we're not allowed to have combo, so I'm sure that's not coming. But uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see. Um, and then my other deck I want to talk about is by Dreams of Ashiok, uh, which is everything but green. So it's blue, black white red it's a fires deck uh but we're playing really grixis colors and actually i don't know where the white the oh the white's in inspired ultimatum and ruinous ultimatum out of the sideboard um so this is like grixis fires for a couple white cards in the board uh we get like it's playing a grim tutor masterminds acquisition to go get those white cards out of the board right which seems really sweet with our fires invention in play right Uh, it's got scarab god it's got nicole bowls the ravager uh, I'm sold. This deck's sweet. I'm in. Yeah, ramping fires into ultimatum seems like uh, a fun deck. I don't know how good it is, but there's so much ramp out there that, you know, hey, that's what we need, right? We need ramp. We need fires. We need yeah. uh, ultimatums. And, you know, you can do a lot. And we can, we can Grim Tutor into our sideboard tutor. So we can tutor for a tutor here and then Heck yeah. just go as deep as we want. Let the big dog hunt. Let the or big roughman. dog hunt. Now, can yeah, I interest a, you in a 19-land deck with an average CMC of 1.25? Yes. Where do I sign on the dotted line? Uh, I, Broadband, went 5-0 and o with Boros Feather. And we're really playing Feather. There's two Feathers in this list, actually. So we're actually casting her. Um, oh, we're, we're not, we're not Luris anymore? No, we're not Luris anymore, boys. We got, we got Favorite Hoplite, Swift Spear, Soul Scar, Dreadhorde Arcanist, 10th Legion, and Feather playing fight is one like reckless rage titan strength boros charm a one of escape velocity uh gird for battle defiant strike of course and we're just going 19 lands uh let's see them you know sure this looks dope Uh, like there's also like the lands are just like four sacred foundry four inspiring vantage four battlefield forge let's just go so real expensive lands is what you're saying what I'm saying is that well, Sacred Foundry still a little pricey. This is deck really? is uh, this deck is sweet. Uh, Feather is a card that I always love. Yeah, I built a commander deck around, um, like everybody else did. But a uh, very very awesome card. I'm happy to actually see Feather in the Feather deck mm-hmm. uh, to finally give us that like final push. I just really was not feeling it with just the just the tenth districts and the Dreadhorde Arcanist with Aluris. Sure. But now, now we're now we're cooking. This All right. Is, so, oh no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was is just saying, it? certified hood classic right here. Certified hood classic. All right. Uh, before Chris, I'm sure you want to get to reclamation, but I do have a quick question, real fast. So, obviously, I played Ricky Storming Entity version of Phoenix. Um, is that the truth, or everyone is still saying Arc Light Phoenix? What do you guys think? Hmm. I'm pretty sure the truth is Royal Scions. The truth definitely was Royal Scions. I'll tell you, we probably should be playing Brazen Bar in the main of that deck instead of Crackling Drake. Yeah, I also didn't put Is It Charm in there. Like, 
the list was sweaty. Sure. Uh, but you know, you, you you asked for it, and it was like nine o'clock already, and I was just putting down cards I wanted to play. To be fair, I asked for the deck before the day of. Uh, you don't own me. Okay, fair enough. You're right. I don't. <laughs> um, I don't have enough. I've not put enough time into the red blue spells deck yet. Sure. Whether it's Phoenix, whether it's not, I own foils of everything that I need to have sure, foils but, of. But you're saying you'll find out for me. I'll right. figure it out. I'll work it out. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what, this week I'll just be putting together variants of spells and accepting all challengers in the Discord at some point uh, every okay. afternoon or something. Yeah, I'm done because I, I can't tell you that I 100% know either. Um, but it sounds like Porcano Los Dos to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't understand why we can't play. Uh, I think you got to pick one or the other. Uh, I that's, think that's... we're now hit, we've hit a critical mass of good payoff to the spells deck now. Right. So we've got Stormwing Entity, we got Sprite Dragon. We've got Young Pyromancer. We've got Arclight Phoenix. And then, like, also, like, Thing in the Ice is there, too, if you want it. And Crackling Drake is not good enough somehow. Like, that card's insanely pushed. And I feel like we've just hit the critical mass of, like, somewhere there is a 60-card list that is perfect. Yeah. And but we got to shake it out. I do just think you can take it different directions. Because I, I definitely think you can take it with the hey, I'm going to play like a, a, a 22 or 23 spells deck and we're in on the your uh, Monastery Swift Spears, your Soul Scar Mages, your Sprite Dragons, and your Stormwing Entities, and we're going that route. I think that's I think that's a way that I want to try it. Um, and just, you know, hey, we get to main deck Mystical Dispute in the world that we're currently in, which is probably the reason to play that. Or again, you can get cute with your Phoenixes. And as much as I life, love me some Phoenix, I kind of want to be on the low to the ground version of the deck you know uh, my, my reason i like storming energy right like it the burst power isn't there i don't think it doesn't have the same burst ability that like phoenix does right but it's more con- i think it's a consistent damage which right. i like better yeah i think yeah. that the the false prophet might be sprite dragon oh yeah you might be right there i mm-hmm. think that like i think that the the key might be phoenix stormwing because like stormwing and phoenix like phoenix is hard to kill with push and it doesn't mm-hmm. really die to push. But like like Stormwing, oh man, Stormwing feels great. I have always been happy playing it in Standard, uh, playing it a little bit in Historic. I've loved the card. Um, in Historic, we get Kiln Fiend, so the argument's a little easier. But uh, Right, right. Uh, so so if, we, if we play both right, and Phoenix is going to want us to put us into a little more, more draw effects, right? Um, what if we go like four Phoenix, three Stormwing, like or two Stormwing even? Because we're gonna see more cards. So like, I mean, I'm fine with like, I'm fine with like three Stormwing, two, uh, two, thing, four Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I think once again, the truth, the truth is definitely two Royal Scions. That card yeah. has been overperforming. Yeah. In every list that I've played it with. The only problem with Royal Scions is I don't get the voice lines on MTGO or in paper. <laughs> I just have to do like overly offensive yourself. Scottish accents myself. And I do that enough when we play D&D when I play a dwarf character. Uh, Davriel is still one of my favorite voices in MTGA. Okay, I don't think I've seen Davriel in play in MTGA. Just imagine like the most mustache twirling villain Oh. In, a, in a in a glorious cape and with a cane. Okay, all right. That's him. I mean, but it doesn't be Rowan. No, <laughs> <laughs> it just it just they to me sound like in Warcraft three when you had the dwarvish pilots and they're just they came from behind. Oh my god! That's what the Royal Scion sounds like in MTGA. I'm just, I'm just sick and tired of the fairy voice lines. Let <laughs> me handle this. Oh my gosh! Where he comes in, just like I'm not done yet. It's like we get it. Get we out of here, get Terry. It. Get out of here. All right, all right, Chris. You want to talk some Civic Wreck real fast? Yeah, we we can talk about the the Phoenix list for forever as far as what's going on uh, what's on there. But I want to talk about this because this is a list by Aspiring Spike, another content creator um, who has made some other interesting pioneer decks, including Red White Enchantments. That was a deck for a little bit before we went into the uh, Companion Winters, whatever we'll call it. Um, so Aspiring Spike is the one who, you guys remember, I was talking about, you know, hey, what do I want to brew with some of these new M21 cards? And I was like, man, Sublime Epiphany with Torrential Gear Hulk uh, and stuff like that is going to be hot. Well, here it is. He beat me to it. He beat me to it. Um, here is 
blue-green Wilderness Reclamation, Sublime Epiphany, Torrential Gear Hulk deck, two Brazen Borrowers, two Uros, two Torrential Gear Hulk, four Ops, four Sensors, four Growth Spiral, two Neutralize, two Sinister Sabotage, three Sublime Epiphany, two Dig Through Time, four Wilderness Wreck, four Shark Typhoon. And then we've got some hot ones in the sideboard since we're not playing a lot of creatures. We can slide into some Night Night Pack Ambushers. Um, Elder Gargaroth, which is the, you know, new does-it-all green mythic. Um, some Mystical Disputes, some Aether Gusts, and whatnot. So um, Blast Zone, I think, is a sleeper card. That probably should be in the main deck. Um, I, that card just does a lot. That card is there, way there's another. There's another one from the League that did that has three Blast Zone main, and is yeah. also playing Aether Spouts in the main, which I think is pretty hot. I saw that. I saw that. When I, and when I saw this list, I wanted to go to it, because obviously this is just kind of one of the early ones that he did well with. I'm sure he has not put a ton of research into this deck until just recently. So I'm sure this is just one of the ones he went with and he piloted it well. So I think there's some interesting stuff to be, to be had here, but I definitely like at least one blast zone in the main with how just strong people are discovering that card is. I think that card, you're going to start seeing a lot more of it in decks that aren't five colors, four colors, heavy three colors, that, that kind of thing. Also, I do want to say uh, he beat, they beat us to it only because we never actually put the deck list together. We sat here like every week being like, Hey, we should finally do this deck list. Yeah, yeah. But I do that a lot. There's a lot of times where I'm just like, man, I, I can picture the the entirety of the format and I think about, hey, I think there's a deck here. And then a lot of times just between all of the ideas that I have, a lot of them just never get made because I'm either busy with life or doing whatever. So putting the pen into paper is my least favorite part of this of this thing. It's easier on Arena because I just drag cards in. But uh, it's definitely my least favorite part of this i prefer to either play or just kind of theory craft with you guys with the kind of thing so i will i will take a, a small amount of credit for this uh for this man's work just saying that i was pretty sure there would be a solid deck here and it looks like there's something um all right so i have one other deck i want to talk about uh do you guys have another deck you want to talk about before we wrap it up and go to doesn't slap no i've got one it doesn't slap all right what do you got ricky yeah uh, go it. it's, it's called wr from the from the uh leagues uh-huh by erks erks Okay. It is a uh, is a pile of creatures in red white. Just four selfless savior, four Danto Vanguard, four selfless spirit. So lots of indestructible. Four Bone Crusher, four Rabble Master, two Legion War Boss, two Hackthos, four Winota, four Angros Marauders. This looks like this looks like a hot Winota list. Yeah, it's playing all the. The token makers. I think. I think. I think when people first started talking about Winota, I think this is more in line with what I thought it was going to be with your rival masters and your Legion War bosses, right? But like, look at this because you get the two Ember Cleave. Like you can play a fair game. Like all your cards are so indestructible. Like a Dano Vanguard, Selfless Spirit, like uh, like Selfless Savior into a Vanguard into a Rabble Master is pretty gross, right? Like you need two removal to get the Rabble Master off the board, and like you hope they don't have another Selfless or either selfless um and then like if winota comes down you're just like boom here's the marauders let's go uh deck's also like pretty dirt cheap uh i mean of course you got to get the uh got to get them when notice but about other than that it's pretty uh pretty low to the ground stuff um oh good it just looks like a sweet pile of creatures that i would uh bash with all day um and the last real deck i want to touch on uh it truly it is uh, Red Green by Volkswagen, and it's just dinosaurs. So clearly, life will find a way in this post-inverter mm. world. Oh my gosh. I've and lost on that note, this deck. Let's, let's kick it over Doesn't Slap. Chris hits up the theme song. Doesn't Slap! Ah! Alright, so this was a deck list submitted to us by a... Uh, I would say a Twitch viewer. I don't remember them seeing on the Discord before they they jumped to our Twitch stream. Uh, nice. I told them to send it in the Discord. So welcome to Bink Saki. Hey. Uh, and they have Bio Coco, which is a collective company deck list built around uh, essentially Biomancer's familiar. So what we have here is we have four Elvish Mystic, four Gilded Goose, four Lionel Wells, four Biomancer's familiar. For those who aren't familiar with it, it's a 2-2 for green and a blue. You get a creature mutant. Activated abilities of creatures you control cost two less to activate. This effect can't reduce the cost of the mana at any ability. Oh, jeez. The toast. It finally hits. Uh, any ability to cost to activate less than one mana. 
then you can tap next time a creature adapts this turn it adapts as though it had no one one counters on it then you have Duskwatch Recruiter for one and a green. It's a 2-2 human warrior werewolf for two and a green. You can look at the top three cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them, put it into your hand, and put the rest of the body of your library in any order. At the beginning of your upkeep, if no spells were cast this turn, transform Duskwatch Recruiter, which turns into Crowlin Horde Howler, which is a 3-3 werewolf with creature spells you cost, cast cost one less to cast, and it has the beginning of upkeep player cast two or more spells last turn, transform it back. Then you have four incubation druid, which is a one and a green for a zero two elf druid tapped at any one man of any color that a land you control could produce. If it has a one one counter on it, it adds three instead, so you get a little lotus action. And it adapts, it has adapt three for three and two green. Then we have Kinnon Bonder Prodigy, a 2-2 human druid for green and blue. Whenever you tap a non-land permanent for mana, add one mana of any color that permanent produced. Then for five green blue, look at the top five cards of your library. You may put a non-human creature card from among them on the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in random order. If Ronus the Indomitable... For a 5-5 five, five legendary creature, God for 2 and a green. Death Touch Indestructible can't attack or block unless you control a creature with power 4 or greater. Another creature with power 4 or greater. And for 2 and a green, another target creature gets plus 2, plus 2, and gains triple time of the turn. 4 collected companies, and then a bunch of lands, and some interesting sideboard cards. We got some Skyway Sniper, Scavenging Oozes, Steelbane Hydras, and Mystical Disputes. Oh, and we're companioning one Zerta the Dawn Waker, which is the Boros Companion... Uh, that essentially does what Incubation Druid does, or that does what Biomancer Familiar does. So it reduces our activated abilities by two, and then for one and tap it, target creature can't block this turn. And to enable that, we're playing two Rootbound Crags, four Stomping Grounds, and two Ketria Triome. Gentlemen, where do you want to begin with this deck? I love this deck. Okay. Um, my first thought was unfortunate, because I was like, you know what creature has a really cool activated ability? What? Walking Ballista. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. card is banned. So uh, that aside, uh, I have played a lot of Dustwatch Recruiter decks very successfully. I think it's a very, very, very powerful card, and I am like signing on to any deck that, that's playing it. And this deck seems sweet. I've been playing a lot of Kinian in Historic. Card is absolutely bonkers insane. Um, I think this deck is straight gas. Um I think it works with with the Biomancer familiar. It does not need the Biomancer's familiar. Like you just uh, like when you start Rowanising for just green, mm-hmm. uh, like game over. Like you just it doesn't matter that Goose is coming and he's right. mad. Uh, I think this deck is hot, hot, hot. Uh, my my first real critique, and I, I like this deck a lot too. Uh, my for real first critique. You say we don't need the Biomancer familiar. I say we don't need Zerda. Yeah, I say we don't need Zerda also. <laughs> Uh, yeah. We don't lose anything for playing it. I think we have a worse mana base, though. <laughs> yeah, we get a way worse mana base, in my opinion. I think the mana base is fine. I think you can support it. Uh, I do like agree that we don't need the Zerta. Uh, I feel like um, do we we can Gigantha also randomly. Yeah, uh, this I, deck can play Gigantha as a companion if you just want yeah, an extra card. I think I'm more on Gigantha just because we don't have to add different lands for it. Um, right. Also, I think Zerta dropping Zerta would allow us to have a little more option in creatures yeah. uh, because playing 12 mana dorks with Collected Company and then also right. eight of those cards being legendary creatures um, yep. is kind of a bummer. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, 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 still love the, I still love this, the idea of this, right. but I think if we get rid of Zerta, we can have a little more uh, variety in our threat base here. Um, maybe even something as simple as like uh, a card that I, I'm always going to talk up because I love so much in like a, a tireless tracker. We're going to make a lot of mana anyway, and we can just keep cracking clues. Oh, um, I love that idea. Yeah, this is one of the, the more perfect decks for that. Just because the extra mana that you get. And also, um, it's gonna, we're going to crack a clue for one mana instead of two. No, the, it's only creatures. It's only creatures? Ah, still. Um, I don't. I, I just think Zerta... If we drop Zerta, we can sort of diversify our threat base a little more. Mm-hmm. Maybe lose some of the mana dorks. Uh, drop some of the legendary counts a bit. Just because, like, 
for Ronus is kind of a lot because it is a lot. It, it's nature being indestructible. The nature of being indestructible, right? And we're we're gonna be able to find it, no problem. Between Collected Company, between Kinnon, between Dustwatch Crew, we're gonna be able to find it. So I I almost like just play playing like two. I cut to three on Ronus. I'd cut to yeah. I don't know. I would I would maybe cut to three Kinnon, two Ronus, and we drop Zerda. We just try and end like maybe some of the main horses to try and just diversify our threats a little more. Yeah, I think you've got a lot of good. There's just no shortage of cards in green. So, like, don't get me wrong. As fun as it would be for all of our cards to, you know, have uh, activated abilities to take advantage of and whatnot, you know, I think sometimes you just want to have not necessarily this card, but like the Steel Leaf Champion type stuff. Just efficient beaters, also. You know, even um, even if even if because we already have the adapt plan with Biomass Familiar, right? Right. Um, we could even just play like Growth Chamber Guardians. That's just going to keep finding more Growth yeah. Chamber Guardians for us. There you go. Right. Yeah, growth Chamber Guardians seems good. I, again, there's a lot of cards, especially with activated abilities in the blue-green areas that I think that you know would be great. Um, or And cards without, right? Cards that just like, maybe they have triggered abilities or whatever else, or um, are just you know cards you want to get with your collective company that I think you're really not able to because of the Zerta um, and again, just the lack of slots. I mean, I, I think I want to cut anywhere between two and four mana dorks. And definitely I want to cut two Rona. So I definitely want to cut a Kinnon um, and then and kind of like go you can it. have like you can have just openers with like three mana dorks and Kinnian and just mm. pop off. Like uh, I think Kinnian's like insane. I'm not saying cut, well, I'm saying cut Kinnian. maybe like one Kinnan. Yeah, because, I'm, uh, I'm saying we play like three Kinnan, two Ronas. Right. Just because the legendary factors of them, you know? Again, there's mm-hmm. other between Tireless Tracker and uh, what did you? What's the card you're just talking about? Incubate? Uh, no, no, no. The one that goes and finds the one. Growth Chamber Guardians. Yeah, yeah. Um, even even just like I don't know how good it is, but even just like a Pelt Collector or like a the whatever ooze the ooze that grows because of oh um, gelatinous no um, excuse experiment one. Oh, oh! I thought you were going to say the five mana one that makes tokens. Maybe the five mana one that makes tokens. Because we can find it off of Kinnon, like and I, it'll I'm be cheap you. and like, activate. I, I like. Well, I'm just not super excited to find any of these cards off of Kinnon, and I know part of that is hey, because we want you know our collected company value, but uh, you know, I, I feel like you do want something else that you can you can play. You know, it's nice when your collected company hits everything, but it typically doesn't. There's a point where Kinnon costs like three to activate, and you're just like Kinnon like three times. Sure, but if I'm just finding like my third Ronus that I sack to itself, or right. like two more mana dorks, like I'm not excited about that. Right. I want I want more better threats to hit with the Kinnon. It doesn't matter how many times we, it doesn't matter how many act, times we activate Kinnon if I'm just kind of getting like, eh. Yeah. Even just like a scavenging use or something would be would be fine. You know what I'm saying? Just something that gets bigger. Like I I would like I said I want a threat that either gets bigger because we can pump it or something like that. There's got to be a green creature somewhere that, you know, hey, we get it with a Coco, we get it with a Kinnon, and because of the extra mana, we can just put counters on it, you know? Like, a, think, not quite a Pelucranos, but a Pelucranos-type creature. I think we could readapt our mana to Bant. We can't play sure. Zerda anymore. Uh, it's not reason for Zerda, but, like, we get a lot of, like... There's a lot of, like, really good utility white cards that keep mm-hmm. us moving in this sort of, like, a Coco deck. Sure, sure. Uh, mostly, like... Uh, Bygone Bishop is like one that I've played a lot in like Coco style decks and like quarter calling decks that just sort of like you have to play a bunch of mana dorks and you need to get your mana dorks to be relevant in the late game. I guess we don't have like we don't have township, right? So we can't yeah. use township to get our creatures to be relevant anymore. Um, what's like, the uh, what's the oh, why am I blanking on the name? The the three mana two two that when a, like a weenie enters, you draw a card. That's Mentor of the Meek. Mentor is Mentor of the Meek in Pioneer? It is. It is. It was in M20, right? Yeah. Or M19. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like Bygone Bishop a little better because it's a 3-2 flyer. Sure. And it gives us a clue, which can combo with our tireless trackers. Sure. Um, I think that could be a really interesting deck as well. But mm-hmm. as this deck is like sitting here just as the Simic Coco deck, I do sure. think this deck is pretty sweet. Um if you guys want to get rid of the Zerta, the only thing I would want to change is like, I want one more pump effect. Okay. I'm sure we could find like, um, Nylea is not exactly the one we want. So Nylea is not a bad one. You keep Zerta and play a, like a planeswalker, like a Nissa type effect or something like that. Anyone um, really a Nissa's. 
Nylea's not bad, though, right? Like, Nylea... Yeah. Either or Nylea, right? Because one of them lets us get cards, the other one lets us uh, just give creatures plus two, plus two, and she says everything has trample. Our guys aren't big enough. We could almost play Great Henge in this. I was looking at Great Henge. That's the thing, is I was like, man, just, just because getting to draw cards to replace your spells seems sick. Yorvo's another card I'm looking at, where, like, this thing, this boy gets huge just from mm-hmm. green creatures entering the battlefield. And if we're not going to play Zerta, he's a great way, something you can hit with um, Collective Company, that also when you activate Cannon and just get some random dude, you're like, who cares, right? I'm activating it two or three times. Well, now my Yorvo is getting to be six, six, seven, seven, and getting through with Aronis activation. Yeah. That I, know I think there's a lot of upside there. I don't know. I know we don't uh, want to play many cards that we can't hit off, off the Coco, mm-hmm. but with the Recruiter around, right? Yeah. I feel like we can play... Like Nelia, God of the Hunt, like as a two, sure. and I think that card's insane in this deck. Just gives the whole team trample, and it's another uh, pump effect, but a bigger pump effect. Um, that would be my change to this deck. And don't get me wrong, like I'm not trying to say this deck doesn't slap. I think this deck slaps. I'm just trying to push it in a way that I think can take it from a solid FM deck to a deck I could take to like an IQ and feel no. reasonably like good with it. No, I don't want that to be the the impression at all. I think I think we're so quick to think of cards because we like this deck, right? And like right. the sure. idea is very fleshed out, which we can't we can't always say. And not every deck has to be that way. Some people come to us with these other slaps, going like, "Hey, you know, push me in a direction. I have these ideas. Can you focus it?" This is a pretty focused idea, right? This is a pretty clean list. We're not splashing about the ones and two ofs. We've got our mana base figured out. We've got a bunch of four ofs. So we know what we're doing. I just think that again, like if you're going to make this deck a little better, these are our suggestions. But I mean. You know, everybody has stated, hey, we love this deck. This is a sweet idea. Um, again, it just it probably needs to drop uh, the Zerta, and at least in me and Rockman's opinion. All right. Are any, any more any more suggestions before we give our slap ratings? No. Quick summary. Again, I think um, Tireless Trackers are probably a must-include. And then some of the other ones are definitely considerations. Nylea, Yorvos, things like that. Because, again, I, I think there are too many Mana Dorks and uh, too many of the Legendaries. Right. Can we play Helix Pinnacle yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, we cannot. Yeah, that's, that's legal in Historic, right? Like, it comes out tomorrow or something? Probably. Historic <laughs> Anthology 27? Maybe. Yep. Uh, we could play uh, Simic Ascendancy. I do... <laughs> no, we can't. We still can't uh, do that either. I just... I do think that it's a bummer uh, that Ballista got banned, because this I deck know. would love Ballista. Yeah. Can you imagine Ballista for one? Or, like, Ballista activations for one we we, we could make this an hour and 20 minute episode and go over like ballista i think not being in the form and i think hurts a lot with the fact that you know it was an easy killer of your your teferis out there you know but again there's just there's just no time that's something we can talk about more before it shapes up to see if that fair enough fair enough all right so uh i guess i'll go first okay go for it all right, I'm going to give this deck a five out of the seven mana it takes to activate Kinnon. That was mine! No, yep, I hate you! Yep, no, no, no. I knew it was. I no, knew it was. And no! I got it. I got it. I'm going to give, I'm going to give Ricky some time to think. I'm going to give this a three Kinnons. It should, I think it should be playing out of the four it is currently playing. Nice, nice, nice. Strong, strong ratings all around. Again, a deck that we really, really like. Ricky, do you have a? Are you just gonna I'm copy gonna give, I'm gonna give this deck a a four out of five, thanks to the discount of Karen Hold Crowler. Sounds good. Uh, it's not as good as the. I was gonna give it a seven out of ten, Kinian activation. I'm really mad. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I wanted to go first. You could just be not original oh. and copy Chris. I mean, that's fine if you want to be lame. I got him. No. Nope, well, thanks nope, for this. Nope. <laughs> thanks for this submission uh i'm gonna call you binks uh, again welcome to our community hopefully you keep uh posting stuff keeping active we love to see it uh yeah thanks again yeah um i mean like i said i am so excited those bands were so good i'm just so happy and excited to play magic right now uh we've got almond kept coming out this weekend um I've I've posted it it's gonna go up in the discord later today as of recording but we have our next uh, webcam event on the schedule and that is going to be september 5th so we're going to do a saturday um september 5th it's gonna be about the same time at 12 30 uh chris i'm hoping you can actually join us this time uh it looks like i'm gonna be able to at least initially we'll cool we'll cool. see but it looks like i uh, i can join and then i think this weekend 
Uh, we're going to try to get the the weekly uh, sort of X-Mage stuff going just for people that don't have a lot of access to stuff and who just want to want to jam some Pioneer people in a more organized fashion. Um, I think currently that's probably going to be like Saturday evening uh, just so I can make sure things run smoothly. Um, this, there's not going to be like a top eight playoff. I think we're just going to start with like three rounds. And then if we get more people involved and things are running smoothly, we'll bump to like four rounds. But I think we're just going to cap these events at like a set number of rounds. And we're just going to sort of go off of standings and stuff like that. Uh, of course, X-Mage, it would be free for people to play in. Uh, but we're not going to have like the, the arena code giveaways that the webcam events do. Um, and they're going to be like weekly and stuff like that. Um, so it should be fun. I, I do recommend... Uh, if you haven't already, and I'm going to remind everyone in the Discord because it's not going to do you much good if you listen to this on Friday with the, the event taking off the next weekend, uh, the next evening rather, uh, do familiarize yourself with x at least a little bit, uh, getting connected and things like that. And uh, on the day of, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about um, how we're going to have to structure and run the event, just the nature of X-Mage. But I think once we get things running smoothly, it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. And hopefully this gets more people involved in playing Pioneer uh, if they don't have webcam set up or they don't have, like, they feel like a good collection online or in paper to really to really play. Even though, you know, you don't need a big collection or a powerful collection to play in our webcam events. It's for a lot of fun anyway. We just go and hang out. Except for Ricky. He's angle shooting for everyone. <laughs> there we go. All right. And expect next week's episode to be a lot of uh, of Pioneer draft, or sorry, Amonkhet draft tips as we all jump into that heavily this weekend. So Yep, definitely. Oh, yeah. All right, guys, thank you for joining me, and thank you all at home for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.